0: Hello and welcome to CBS Radio Mystery Theater from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors.
1: CBS Mystery Theater and our next
2: news tonight at midnight.
1: This is the voice of the Rocky Mountain West,
2: Radio 85, KOA Denver. The CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... G. Marshall, we are the music makers, and we are the dreamers of dreams, world losers and world forsakers, on whom the pale moon beams. Yes, we are the movers and shakers of the world forever, it seems. Yes, they are the movers and the shakers of the world, the music makers and the dreamers, and sometimes the music is all horrible discords, and the dreams are nightmares. But it doesn't matter. We hope for sweeter melodies and rosier visions tomorrow. Tomorrow.
3: You see, little sister? It's no trick at all getting into the White House.
4: Anyone can come in and walk around this part of the first floor. But you can't get past those ropes. Sure you can. Can't you read that sign? It says, Closed to the Public.
3: Don't you worry about it now. I'll hold up the rope and you just scrunch in underneath.
4: And say it. Come on, come on. On do we go. Carlos, those men with the guns, they're coming toward us.
2: Our mystery drama, Davy Gerald's Jacket, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Sam Dam and stars Russell Horton. It is sponsored in part by True Value Hardware Stores. I'll be back shortly with Act One. Was it the late Samuel Goldwyn who declared that... an oral agreement isn't worth the paper it's written on? Well, unfortunately... it's possible to say almost the same thing... about written agreements. All of our activities are bound and defined by covenants of one kind or another. And a great deal of our time and energy is expended in trying to get around them. It is the beginning of the year 1803. The commanding general of the United States Army is dictating a letter to President
3: Thomas Jefferson. It is with considerable chagrin that I must inform you that there has been a miscarriage of my orders. Instead of sending Brigadier General Harold to negotiate a treaty with the Hopeshaki Indians, it appears that Lieutenant Colonel Davy Gerald has been dispatched in his stead. Davy Gerald may be the dumbest officer in the United States Army, but fortunately, the Hopeshaki... For a very small and unimportant tribe. Besides, Gerald must travel through wild and dangerous country and may not reach the western border alive. Hail to the great chief of the Hopasaki Indians, chief. Me send him here by great white father.
1: Fully. And how is President Jefferson? What
3: doggone, Chief, if you can't parlay some pretty fair to Midland English. Put her there. I'm Colonel Stevie Gerald of the United States Army.
1: I am most honored to make your acquaintance.
3: Where where did you learn that fancy palaver, Chief?
1: I received my Bachelor of Arts degree at Columbia University, my Master's at Harvard, and my Doctorate at the Sorbonne. What is your pleasure, Colonel?
3: Well, uh, Chief, uh, the President... Wants to make a deal for uh, some of the land you got here. Some of it? We'll, we'll, uh, yeah, yeah, we'll, well, all of it. I mean, east of the big river that flows along these parts. Uh, the, what is it called? The or... Mississippi. Yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever. Anyhow, it's great for farming.
1: Why do you not use the land on the west side of the Mississippi? Well,
3: we could never get folks to come out that far. What do you say, Chief? What do you say?
1: Well, Colonel, I do not know. What do you suggest?
3: In return for this acreage you got here east of the river, we'll give you everything west of the river.
1: Everything? (laughs) Why not? You, uh... We'll put that in writing. Well, I
3: will indeed. I got me some parchment here special for the purpose. No. But this is the finest sheepskin.
1: It must be your skin. What?
3: My skin?
1: Your body must serve as a guarantee for the treaty. Well,
3: I I had no idea you folks would ask me to part with my skin. Symbolically. Yeah? uh, What does that mean? The
1: jacket you wear, Colonel, it is like another layer of skin, is it not? Oh, yeah,
3: well, yeah, well, sure, yeah, I guess that's right. Therefore,
1: we shall write the treaty on the back of that buckskin jacket of yours.
3: Wear you, whatever you say.
1: We shall inscribe this agreement with the crimson juice of the halindina Berry, oh. which will last forever. Listen, all you of the Hobasaki tribe, in return for our land east of the Mississippi... Are you writing that on the jacket, Colonel?
3: You know, just as fast as you can say it.
1: In return for our land east of the Mississippi, the government of the United States will grant the Hobasaki complete and total ownership of all the territories west of the Mississippi... From the salt water of the sea, to the hills in the north, and the tall mountains in the west.
3: Woo-hoo.
1: You drive a hard bargain, Chief. Sign this, uh, what day is it? Oh, it is April 29th. It's my birthday. This 29th day of April, 1803 by authorization of Thomas Jefferson, third president of the United States of America. And sign your name. Oh, 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 yes, indeed,
2: Chief. Excellent, Colonel. Excellent. And now, the jacket, please. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Nobody can say old Davy Gerald
3: ain't Pete (laughs) Roddy. See what I just done for my country? (laughs) I give her the shirt off my back. Do you have any idea what you did, Colonel Gerald? Well, I think, General, I made a pretty good deal all the way around. I mean, all things considered. You do? In return for a few hundred miserable miles of swampland, you gave up what could be one third of the United States. So, how was I to know? I, one million square miles, to be exact, from the Gulf of Mexico north to the Canadian border and west as far as the Rocky Mountains. Oh, but General, that's where I worked a swindle. Well, you weren't sent there to swindle. Really. Uh, how, how did you manage to swindle the Indians? Well, you the fact is they can't collect it. They can't. Why can't they? You signed an agreement in the name of the President of the United States of America. Yeah, but how can they collect when all that land ain't ours? Huh? It belongs to the French, Colonel Gerald. While you were away on this mission, we bought that land from the French. We bought the land, General. Yes. We finally made the Louisiana Purchase. We paid the Emperor Napoleon $15 million. And you just gave it away to the Indians. What have you got to say for yourself? Well, General, there ain't no point getting excited over an Indian treaty. Nobody ever keeps their promises to the Indians anyhow. <laughs>
2: He has a point there, Lieutenant Colonel Davy Gerald. However, he and the commanding general and President Jefferson and the great Hipposaki chief have all long since gone to their reward. And the year 1803 has receded into the dim haze of history. We are now back in our own time, the present.
3: Well, now, what have we here? Little sister, looking for a ride?
4: Thank you.
3: Yeah. Uh, what's your name?
4: I like the one you just gave me. Little sister. Mind if I keep it?
3: Well, it's all yours.
4: <laughs> and what's your name? Curly. Curly? Yeah. Well, well, you don't have much hair, and that's a fact.
3: <laughs> you should have seen how much I had when I was named. The hair left, but the name stuck.
4: Pity it wasn't the other way around. <laughs> What is it you do, Mr. Curley?
3: Yeah, I, uh... I live off the land.
4: What does that mean?
3: Oh, it means rising up in the morning, taking whatever the good Lord sees fit to send. Mm -hmm. The good, the Mm -hmm. bad, the bitter, the sweet, and trusting in his infinite wisdom, goodness, and mercy.
4: Why, that sounds wonderful. You must be so happy. Mm -hmm.
3: Now, where are you headed?
4: Oh, north. By northwest.
3: Any reason in particular?
4: Now, I'm inspecting the
3: country. Oh, first time I ever heard that one, inspecting for what? Oh,
4: see how the folks are using it.
3: Well, what particular part of the country is that?
4: Well, all through here. Far north is Canada, far south is the Gulf of Mexico, far west is the Rocky Mountains.
3: Well, that's a generous amount of country. Isn't it? Now, who are you inspecting it for, the government? No. Well, one of them monstrous big corporations? Heaven forbid. Ooh. For who, then? For me. For you? I own it.
4: You own it? Yes, sir. One million square miles. A million square miles? You think I'm crazy. Well, uh,
3: what makes you think you own, uh, I guess it's the whole middle of the USA.
4: The U.S. government gave the land to the Hopesaki Indians.
3: The Hopesaki Indians? I never heard of
4: them. We were never much of a tribe to begin with. And they all died out. Except for me. I'm the last of the hopeless Well,
3: I'm truly sorry to hear that. You say the U.S. government gave you all that country? It's a fact. Well, how long ago did this happen? Back there when
4: Thomas Jefferson was
3: president. Could you prove it?
4: Says so on the jacket.
3: The jacket?
4: There was this Colonel Davy Gerald acting for President Jefferson. He wrote out the treaty on the back of his buckskin jacket. And he gave it to my great-great-great-great-grandfather.
3: Well, what did he write out on the jack?
4: In return for our land east of the mighty Mississippi, the government of the United States will grant the Hoposaki complete and total ownership of all the territories west of the Mississippi, from the salt water of the sea to the hills in the north and the tall mountains in the west.
3: That's what the treaty says? Hmm.
4: Signed this 29th day of April, 1803 by authorization of President Thomas Jefferson, Davy Gerald, Lieutenant Colonel, U.S. Army.
3: And all that's written on the jacket?
4: Mm-hmm, every word.
3: Where is this jacket now?
4: I'm wearing it.
3: You, you're wearing it?
4: <laughs> Who else could wear it? I'm the last of the hope Hockey.
3: You mean all that's written down on the back of the jacket you got on now? Every single word. Little sister, you realize you are the richest lady in the United States of America? In in the whole world. Oh, yes, I know that. So why are you hitching rides on the turnpike when you could own the most glorious automobile ever made? Well, you even own the turnpike. You could put up a toll booth every five miles. Mm, I suppose. Every house, every factory, all them shopping centers, every, every piece of wood, every brick. Why, it's, it's yours. Yours. It's all yours. Mm,
4: it's true. Well, what are you doing about it? <laughs> what is there I should do?
3: Well, uh, establish proof of ownership.
4: But I already do have proof of ownership. Do you know
3: that every single soul living in... Uh, In Louisiana, Missouri, Arkansas, Iowa, Kansas, North Dakota. I know I'm leaving some out. Every one of them human beings is in effect trespassing on your property? Hmm, Probably. There ain't no probably. Little sister, you need the services of a manager. Oh? Yeah. And I hereby offer you my... Well, what would a manager do? Oh, he'd take care of
4: you. Oh, I like that.
3: Now, you may ask, what are my qualifications for the job?
4: Mm, I don't have to ask. I can see them.
3: You, you can? Oh, yeah. You're very
4: handsome. And you have such a sweet smile. Oh, and those deep brown eyes. <laughs> they must have matched your hair. Uh,
3: Ma'am, my, my qualifications are these. I know human nature. Everybody is desirous of giving you a $5 bill in return for which you give him 10 So, I've been traveling this fine country of ours, or I should say yours, trying to satisfy that desire. Sometimes I succeed, sometimes I don't.
4: Do you know why I travel the country? Mm-hmm. I'm seeking love. Love? Love. With the man of my dreams.
3: Well, as your manager, perhaps I could help you find him.
4: Mm, Thank you. But there's no need. I found him
2: already. Here you are, an honest, sincere hard-working, confidence man, and you run into a pretty little lady who tells you she's the legal owner of very close to a third of the USA. She seems to have a document to prove it. Now, right off, wouldn't you have to admit that this is definitely one of your better days? I'll be back shortly to continue with Act Two. Did Sir Walter Scott say, Breeze there a man with soul so dead who never to himself had said, This is my own, my native land. The sentiment is fine, but there's a slight confusion of fact. The fact that you may be a native doesn't mean necessarily that you own the land. That is, unless you're a certain young lady whom we shall call little sister... We're about to examine her documents in much closer detail. Now, you
3: just take your time, little sister, finish up your coffee. Where were we? Uh, the land. Oh, yeah, the land. We cannot leave all this land go to waste.
4: (laughs) But it isn't going to waste.
3: People are living on it. Yeah, but it belongs to
4: you. You just can't overlook the fact. I swear, Curly, you got a one-track mind. All you can think about is land, land, land. I'm your manager. I have to look after you. I like that.
3: Would you like to be rich?
4: Do you like me, Curly? Oh,
3: well, question, of course, I like you. That's good. Yeah, now, would you like to be rich?
4: Hmm. Well, no. Why not? In addition to having the nicest eyes, you also got the sweetest smile.
3: Yeah, now look. All them folks that live on your land, you should be charging them rent. Oh, I could never be a landlord. There ain't no disgrace in being a landlord. After all, a man must follow his destiny. (laughs) But being a landlord isn't my destiny. Yes, it is. It says so. Where does it say so? On the back of your jacket. All this land was granted free and clear to the Hopasaki Indians, of whom the only sole living survivor is you, right? Right. Then to keep faith with the letter and spirit of the treaty, all these people have just got to pay you rent. And look, you see this? This is five cents. Mm. The twentieth part of the dollar, a nickel. Is there a man, woman, or child who could not afford to pay you one nickel in rent? A nickel? A nickel a month in rent. Now, I, I don't have the figures here, but, uh... Say you got, oh, 30 million folks living on your property. Now, a nickel a month ahead, that's, uh... A million and a half dollars coming in every 30 days. Now, that's $18 million a year. You see how painless it is? Nobody gets robbed. Nobody gets hurt.
4: But I don't need $18 million a year.
3: Everybody needs $18 million a year. Now, you just listen to me, and I'll prove it.
4: Curly, when you smile at me like that, I could believe anything. (laughs)
3: <laughs> Hiya, there, Curly. How you doing, Jailhouse? Well, so-so. It comes and it goes. Why don't you spring yourself, Jailhouse? That You know more legal angles than the Supreme Court. <laughs> well, what do I want to get out of here for, Curly? I got my books... My friends, my clients come and visit me. <laughs> I'm used to jail. Oh, still and all, it's the clink. What do I want to be outside for with all that noise and the pollution and the crime in the streets? Uh, jailhouse, you, uh, read my letter? Uh, yeah, Curly, yes, I did. I'm scared. Scared? For what? I'm scared for you. <laughs> now, it's too big. It'll get away from you. Now, you know what's in it? Billions, billions, I tell you, it, it can destroy you. No, no, I won't let it happen. Well, I have seen it happen. Then uh, the thing is legit, huh? Well, you got no fewer than 419 established and Nothing this big, naturally, but uh, <laughs> she's got the paper. I mean, the jacket. You're saying... We own 27% of the good old USA? No, no, no. I'm saying she owns it. Oh, there's nothing she wouldn't do for me. I can have anything she's got. She loves me. You get it in right now. You marry the dame. It... Marry? Well, I never thought I'd have... Now, now, you have got to protect your empress. And once you marry her, <laughs> you own her. Well, how can I own her? It's against the law. Now, are you trying to tell me about the law? Now, what do you think I've been doing here for the last 58 years, studying the law? Who do you think calls me up here on the QT when they get stuck? I'm only saying, jailhouse, that ownership of a person is against... Lawyers the law. call me, boy. Judges call yeah, me. I understand yeah, that, now, but... this uh... thing of yours, now, it's going to go to court. Now who do you think they'll want to get a a sneak opinion from, huh? The old jailhouse here. That's who. Now, please, excuse me, jailhouse. Now, no, 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 no. the basis for what I'm saying is this. Now, now, you listen. The territory originally belonged to the Hopersackie Indians. Mm-hmm. The law that was followed was the Hopasaki Law. Right. That which means all their descendants are bound by the Hopersackie Law and customs. Now, you see, I happened to study the Hopersackie Legal Code what did you find out? Oh, I found out a lot. But the thing that concerns you is that once a woman marries a man, she belongs to him. She does? And so does everything she owns. It does? So, when you hear them wedding bells chime, Curly, you know what they're saying? Man! mine, mine. <laughs> man! Hello, honey.
4: Where have you been?
3: Oh, just looking after some business.
4: Oh, I'm so happy.
3: Oh, so am I, honey.
4: <sighs> and I missed you.
3: I uh, had to go acquire the advice of my attorney. About what? The rent for the Hopasaki territory.
4: Oh, Curly, is that why you married me? Because I own all that property? Oh, uh, of course not. Would you marry me anyhow? What do
3: you think?
4: would you have,
3: Curly? Honey, the one and only reason I married you is because I love you. Now, mm, about that, that rent... Oh, um, Curly,
4: I just don't feel right charging folks to live. But it's only a nickel. Well, maybe it's
3: the principle of the thing. I'm <gasps> only trying to make you rich. But I don't want to be rich. Yes, you do. Uh, honey, just think of all the folks you could help. You see? Oh, yeah. Mm, You'd be using the money for doing good things. Well. You know I'm right. All you gotta do is just, uh, sign this little document here.
4: Well, all right, Curly, if you say so. There.
3: <gasps> Honey, we're gonna be rich. Rich? Let's go. <laughs> where? To Washington, D.C. Isn't that where everybody goes to get a slice of the pie? <laughs> You see, honey, I told you there's no trick at all getting into the White House.
4: Well, sure, Curly, anybody can get in just to walk around the first floor, but you can't go past those ropes, see? The sign says closed to the public.
3: Well, don't you worry about it. Here, now I'll hold up the rope, and you just scrunch through underneath.
4: But the Said. I know what
3: the sign says.
4: But you can't. We can't. In this world,
3: there's two kinds. Them that believe in signs and them that don't. Now, come on. Underneath. Oh, hey, Curly. Unless you want me to go by myself. Now, up there. Now, that's how you do it. Oh.
4: Curly, those men with the guns, the
3: guards But did... uh, Honey, now, Curly's here and everything is under control. Hey, you there, mister. Hey, hey. Uh, now, uh, gentlemen, uh, before you say another word, I... Uh, I know your situation. I'm aware of your problem. Uh, just read this here piece of paper. Read it, and then take this document to the president. And tell him we don't have all day to wait for an answer.
1: You're joking. I wish I were, Mr. President. Well, let's get a legal opinion. Oh, I want to talk to the Chief Justice. We've gone beyond him. Uh, beyond the Chief Justice? Who would know more about the law? Well, Mr. President, do you remember when we needed to find out if we were on firm ground with the Panama
3: Canal Treaty? Oh, you
1: mean him? Yes, sir. I've got a call into him right now. Oh, that's, that's him probably on the line right now. Oh, I uh, better take it. <laughs> uh, hello? Uh, Mr. Jailhouse, uh, you recognize the complexity of the problem?
3: Well, now, it ain't complex
1: at all. It isn't? She owns the land. That's how simple it is. But... Ain't no buts. No ifs and ands, neither. Uh, but if we took the land away from its present owner... But
3: there isn't only but one owner. All is trespassers.
1: But the people won't stand for it. Well, we certainly do have a problem. No, sir. Not me. I don't have any problem. Uh, yes. Well, uh, thank you. Thank you very much, Mr. Jailhouse. Anytime. Palmer? Palmer, I suppose I'll have to see those people after all. I'm, uh... Asking both of you to think of the country. Now, we recognize the, uh, justice of your claims. Naturally, Mr. President, we thought you would. Uh, however, there's no point throwing the country into a turmoil now, is there?
3: Well, what sort of turmoil do you have in mind, sir? Uh, people might not take
1: kindly to the idea that, uh, they don't own their land anymore. Anymore? Well, they never did own it to begin with. Oh, the facts in the case are not in dispute, I have that on excellent legal authority. Me too, Mr. President. Uh, why don't we settle this thing quietly? How, sir? Uh, well, I will quietly give you one year's rent, uh, which, according to the latest census figures, uh, would amount to $44 million.
3: 44 million? Tax-free. Might I ask, Mr. President... How would you get this forty four million dollars quietly? Oh, I'd just take it out of petty cash. Forty four million. What do you say?
1: Do we have a deal?
2: If you were talking to me, the answer would be yes. But here we have Curly. I really don't know how his mind is working at this point. 44 million dollars. As the popular song goes, who could ask for anything more? We'll see what sort of tune Curly will be singing in act three. Susan Anton, the perfect sleeper gives you the top comfort you love and the deep support you need. Top comfort, deep support. You get both from every sort of perfect sleeper. That firmness that feels good. So...
3: always one that stands out in the crowd. Now, through March 8th, JCPenney is the one. With 20% off on all our pantyhose at nine and up. Even the Cotton Shaper pantyhose. And 20% off on all our panties, too. Briefs or bikinis, sensible panties or sensational panties. This is one sale you won't
0: walk away from.
3: This is JCPenney's...
0: This is Gary Danielson, quarterback with the Detroit Lions, and I have a message from the National Easter Seal Sports Council. We're a group of athletes who have teamed up to help the Easter Seal Society in its work with people who have disabilities. Like other members of the Sports Council, I'm an Easter Seal volunteer in my community. I've spent time with handicapped kids, and I've talked with their parents. So I know firsthand how important Easter Seal services are in helping disabled people get back into the mainstream of life. When you visit an Easter Seal Center, you'll see people of all ages, some born with handicaps, some injured in accidents, and others disabled by illness. Regardless of the cause, they are getting the kind of rehabilitation service they need to help them achieve independent lifestyles. That's why I'm with Easter Seals all the way. If you'd like to get involved in this important program, get in touch with your local Easter Seals Society. We'll welcome your support. Easter Seals a great way to help handicapped people.
2: The righteous man, according to Confucius, does not forget an old agreement, no matter how far back it goes. To which we may add, neither does the righteous country. And so here, We have a very old agreement, a long past due bill, that is being presented for payment. Well, do we have a deal?
3: Forty-four million, Mr. President.
1: It's a great deal of money. A forty-four million to give up all further claim to the Hopasaki Treaty holdings.
3: What do you say? I I'd really like to think about it. <laughs> Honey, how'd you like the way I handled that?
4: Curly, I thought the president was more than reasonable. My goodness, what could we do with $44 million? Oh,
3: that's just chicken feed.
4: We won't be able to live long enough to spend $44 million.
3: We're going to have more. More? This is only the beginning.
4: The beginning of what?
3: Uh, uh, well, it's time. Time? Mm-hmm. The president's holding his regular press conference. Now, we better tune in the radio. Why? Wait and see about to begin.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, I have no preliminary announcements to make Mm -hmm. so uh, at this time uh, Mm -hmm. uh, let us get right to the questions. Yes?
4: Uh, Sir, is the rumor true? Uh, What rumor? Isn't it a fact that the United States is about to lose almost one-third of its territory? Uh,
1: Wherever did you get such a uh, a ridiculous idea? Will
4: you confirm or deny this rumor? Uh, Yes, Mr.
1: President. uh, uh, Ladies and gentlemen of the media, I, I regret that I must end this conference immediately.
3: What did you think of that?
4: Curly, how did all those
3: reporters know? Well, I guess there was a leak. A leak? Oh, there's always leaks, especially if you're careful to tip off the right newspapers.
4: But why, Curly, why?
3: Honey, we're playing for a bigger game.
4: But what could be bigger than 44 million dollars? We got that already, and I don't even want
3: it. (laughs) Oh, I have to take you in hand and educate you. In what? In the science of power politics. Curly let's get into the car and leave here right now now like that can't be done
4: but what are we gonna do We'll just
3: um, sit here and wait for what For all Hades to bust loose
1: Mr. president the cabinet meeting's about to start I know Palmer what are you going to do Abide by the agreement what else is there to do? There are no legal or moral alternatives. Yes, sir. President Thomas Jefferson authorized this agreement. Does that mean we're stuck with it? You could say that. You could also say we are happy to be able to demonstrate that the word of the United States government can be trusted forever in any and all circumstances. But, Mr. President, already there are threats of riots, even civil war.
4: the story that everyone's talking about. If you own property of any kind, north of the Gulf of Mexico, south of the Canadian border, west of the Mississippi, and east of the Rockies, there is a cloud over your title. This land was given to the Hopesaki Indians and is reputedly the property of the last survivor of the tribe, a young lady known only as Little Sister.
3: Curly, listen to what they're saying. I know what they're saying. I don't
4: understand. You said we would charge everyone a nickel a head rent. I said okay because it didn't sound so bad.
3: Now, you leave everything to me.
4: Well, what's there to leave? The president agreed to your price.
3: I know.
4: Well, then why didn't you take it?
3: Honey, that was just to establish what my legal counsel calls the legitimacy of the claim.
4: I don't understand, Curly. What do you want?
3: Oh, would, would you answer that, honey?
4: Oh, yes, sir. Carly, it's the President of the United States.
3: Well, naturally, who else?
4: He wants to know if we can be in his office by 10 o'clock.
3: Tell him to, uh, make it 11. Carly,
4: it's the President. Sir, we will be honored to be there. Yes, sir. Uh, Goodbye.
3: (laughs) I guess he'll be honored to receive us also.
4: What has gotten into you, here, a man is offering forty-four million dollars.
3: I know. And I don't want it.
4: Well, I don't want it either. Well, let's get out of
3: here. Suppose we took the forty-four million. Well, what happen to us? Well, we'd just be rich people. We'd leave empty, idle, useless lives. We'd become, um uh, uh, decadent. What does that mean? Well, I'm not sure, but it's nothing good.
4: Oh, it's so much better to be poor.
3: Oh, no, honey, we've been through that. It ain't better.
4: Well, if you don't want to be rich and you don't want to be poor, what do you want to be?
3: That's what the President of the United States is going to ask me. And that's when you'll have your answer. What do
1: you want? Power. Oh, what do you mean by Power.
3: You're asking me that question? Well, believe me, it's not all it's cocked up to be. Well, that's what I'm about to find out. I'm going to become a president, too, but a president for life.
4: Oh, pardon me for breaking into the conversation, but... What are you about to become president of, Curly?
3: You're looking at the first president of Hopisaki land, a sovereign country and the latest addition to the family
1: of nations. Uh, Now, hold on. This land may have been sold to the Hopisaki Indians, but
3: it still remains a part of the United States of America. Mr. President, the land in question is no longer a part of the United States of America. I have it on good authority from my legal advisor. Suppose
1: we adjourn this meeting briefly while I discuss this with our legal advisor. Permit
3: me to tell
1: you your problem, Chief. You're looking at this thing as if it was a real estate transaction. Well, isn't it or wasn't it? Eh, well. It like when, uh, what's his name, who oh, once worked for Abe Lincoln, bought Alaska from Russia. Eh, Alaska becomes part of the United States, and the Russians is out. Are you saying, then, uh, Mr. Jailhouse, that the United States is out?
4: Carly, where have you been? Out
3: mm-hmm. shopping. See what I bought? Going on. Oh, of course I think wait till you see this.
4: The newspapers, the people, they don't know what to do. What to expect? There's talk that the U.S. Army will have to enforce the treaty. Curly, we don't want bloodshed.
3: Uh, what do you think of this?
4: Well, it looks like kind of a bathrobe. It's ermine. It's fur. Genuine ermine. Oh, you mean weasel? What? That's really what an ermine is, weasel.
3: Honey, this is the fur that's worn by royalty. <laughs> I'm going to have to get one for you, too. What for? The coronation. What do you think? The coronation? Yours and mine. We're going to be king and queen of Hoposaki land. But
4: I don't want to be... My mind's made up. Curly, I don't want to be queen. Well, you've got to be. After all, I'd be
3: king. And I don't want you to be king, I've either. got to be the king. Why? Don't you remember what I told you the first day we met? A man... Has to follow his destiny. I don't want to have to say this, but I'm the last
4: surviving Hopasaki, and it's my treaty, and it's my land, and therefore I'm calling it off.
3: You can't do that.
4: I don't want to, Curly, but I have to, for your sake.
3: You can't do that, because according to Hopasaki law, you belong to me. I'm your Lord and Master. That's the law. I'm going to be king, and you're going to be queen. And what's more, you're going to like it. No. no. Hey, hey, where are you going?
4: I'm going to save you, Curly. Somehow, I'm going to save you. Now, you come back, you...
3: So, you're the little engine girl Curly married, eh? Yes, sir, Mr. Dalehouse. What's she crying about? (laughs) Now, isn't he treating you right, honey? You have to do something. You simply have to save Curly. From what?
4: From himself. Oh, this thing, this whole business. Yeah,
3: yeah, I warned him about that. He's going
4: to destroy him. Well, yeah, probably. Already they say the army will have to use force to uphold the treaty. Oh, there isn't
3: any doubt about it.
4: You see, what I'm scared of is that sooner or later, somebody will figure the best way out of it would be to assassinate Curly.
3: Well, I'm surprised it hasn't taken place already. Don't say that. You can look forward to it.
4: Oh, do something. What? Save him. How? Think of something.
3: Like a... Well, like a way to break the treaty. Oh, and now, little sister, that treaty is rock ribbed, steel-clad, and iron-bound. You mean you can't think of a way to break it? Well, no, 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 no. I didn't say that. <laughs> now, you just turn around and let me uh, read that jacket now just one more time. I know you'll see something. Yeah, in the turn... Mm, Mmm, I sure do. Yes? (laughs) Honey, you just go right on home, and by the time you get there, it'll be all over. Unless you'd rather stay here now. Well, you think about it. (laughs) It's the only place a person's really free. (laughs)
4: Thank you, Mr. Jailhouse, but I'd better get home and take care of Curly. Uh,
3: yeah, Yeah, he's sure gonna need a little consolation. Curly?
4: Curly? What are you staring at me like that for? Curly?
3: It's all over. What is? Well, you mean you had not heard the news? What news? Well, they keep repeating it and repeating it on the radio. Listen. And
4: in case you haven't heard the sensational news, it's all over. The treaty was null and void to begin with. It seems that the president's legal advisor, an eminent but anonymous jurist, has discovered that Colonel Davy Gerald sold the Indians land which did not belong to the United States. The treaty is dated April 29th, 1803. At that time, the land in question belonged to France. Napoleon did not sell it to the United States until the following day, April 30th. And so, because of Colonel Davy Gerald's stupid mistake, Oh, was it
3: you? Oh, that's enough. Jailhouse. Somebody got to him.
4: I suppose somebody did.
3: And here I am, with nothing. You got me. What good are you?
4: Oh, it's true. I guess you married me because you thought I could make you rich.
3: Why do you think I married you?
4: Oh, I...
3: Oh, Hey, hey, come back here Where do you think you're going? After what you just said to me Oh, I didn't mean it It's like you get bit by a snake and you get all feverish Well I don't know what come over me Honest What do I want to be a king for?
4: I don't know It's
3: a crazy idea What do I want to be rich for? I don't know you know what I really want to be?
4: Mm-hmm.
3: What I always was.
4: Happy. Living off the land. Yeah.
3: Especially the Hopasaki land. You know, whoever got to jailhouse really did me a favor. Mm-hmm. I'd sure like to know who it was. Well,
4: why don't we just
3: forget it?
2: James M. Barry wrote a play called What Every Woman Knows and our little sister is absolutely aware of and in agreement with him because she understands that what every woman knows is something that every smart woman keeps secret. I, on the other hand, have no secrets from you and shall return shortly.
3: Reconsider
2: the story you have just heard, and we ask, could it have happened? And the answer is, why not? But could it be historically true? Again, the answer, why not? We seem to have a sort of chivalry regard for the majesty and wisdom of history, when the fact is that history can be as mixed up and as confused as anything else. Why not? Isn't history the product of human beings? And you know they can mess things up. Our cast included Russell Horton, Betsy Beard, Earl Hammond, and Ray Owens. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams.